The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, a very good evening, everyone. Welcome to Drive with Peter Vlahos. All thanks, as you heard, to Toolmark, the complete tool centre. And it is Monday, and this weekend we are back to a full fixture. And we're going to talk about how exciting this round of football will be, round 15, with uh, it all commences Thursday night when Melbourne takes on Brisbane second against first. And as we know, Carlton take on Fremantle on Saturday afternoon. That's fifth against third. And there really is a series of uh, terrific matches this weekend. And it was terrific to see the West Coast Eagles. Firstly, the big 1992 reunion Great to rub shoulders with uh, some of the greats in uh, West Coast Eagles folklore that were paraded before the game against Geelong on Saturday afternoon. And the present-day West Coast Eagles side certainly put on a very spirited display against the more highly fancied Geelong on Saturday afternoon. We will discuss that and discuss so much more between now and 6 o'clock. And, of course, you can join us anytime on the Temper of Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota Open Line 13 12 55. Kim Hagdorn, good afternoon to yeah, you. G'day, Peter. Hello to you and everyone. Just a quick question to you and perhaps everybody. Do you think the presence of that 1992 bunch of West Coast Eagles premiership players and the celebration that went Thursday evening, a cocktail function at the at, out at uh, Lathlane Park, a big luncheon on the Friday at mm. Crown, and then quite a presence and a well... Uh, documented and, and evident presence around the West Coast Eagles change rooms and then their entry onto the ground, the lap of honour for the players before the game, how much the West Coast Eagles players of today perhaps picked up on that hype and emotion because they certainly started from the opening moments, a far mm. different looking West Coast Eagles outfit than the previous uh, 13 weeks of the season. I know they were coming off a bye and whether they'd refreshed and everything, but I just did wonder at the time, Gee, has this celebration of such a wonderful occasion had some effect on the current West Coast Eagles players? It would have to have had some, particularly with the senior players, yeah. you know, the likes of Kennedy and Hearn and Shuey that are so such proud men and they've had a gutful of how the last three months had gone possibly to think, well, let's have a crack here, boys, and that spread through to the others. And some of the little tactical moves, I think, showed... Uh, I don't care if this sounds harsh on Adam Simpson because I have been and will continue to be. But it looked as though Adam Simpson and or his staff had done a bit more in readiness to try to prevent coming out of the bye at home again on such a big occasion, getting belted by Geelong. Yeah. You know, some of the defensive moves, Yo to halfback, Waterman into a, a defensive forward move. There were a few others as well. I just wonder if there'd been a lot of homework and preparation. And then the emotion spread onto the ground. And once you get a positive start in any sport, I mean, you've done it as a batsman, as a cricketer, a bowler, basketball, a netballer. Once things are going, okay, you feel good about yourself and it can continue. Yeah, you might finish up having a win on occasions where you don't expect it, but you certainly have a good day and that's what West Coast had. On the back of that, I have to declare, I think they'll be this and this this Friday night. Yeah. And I think West Coast have the capacity to cause some nuisance. They can be nuisance value as the season unfolds. Particularly here at Optus Stadium. Uh, good call. However, <laughs> however, oh, I don't like to read this statistic, Peter. They have now lost. Uh, it's their worst start in history. That's been well documented. 
but they've now lost 11 of their last 12 at the stadium in Perth. They've lost their last nine yeah. at the stadium in Perth. So uh, is that going to be the case? I, I think perhaps so, because I also do believe that pretty soon, Pete, we're going to get some indication of when there's some send-off farewell occasions for the likes of Josh Kennedy, Shannon Hearn, and if anyone else is going to join that queue, like a Jack Redden, like a, a, a Jamie Cripps, is mm. that going to be the case with one or two others? But certainly we're going to see. So Richmond, uh, Essendon this week, nothing announced as yet, so probably not. Richmond away, Carlton at home, Hawthorne away, St Kilda at home, then Gold Coast away, Adelaide at home, Fremantle's home derby. It's mm. not West Coast, and then West Coast is on the road to Geelong. So there's not many games there where they're going to be able to win at home, Peter, and or farewell some greats. I think when you look at the game on Saturday and certainly calling it, uh, there certainly was. There was a nice feel about the game. I think for sure uh, the contribution from a soulful point of view, from a spiritual point of view, from getting motivated would have been used numerous times by Adam Simpson and people around the playing group. You can't be embarrassed today. And I, th- I thought they played well. At one stage, it looked damning when it was six goals to two in the second term. And then all of a sudden, the Eagles kicked four unanswered goals yeah. to be dead level at halftime. I thought to myself, six goals to two. There was real momentum with Geelong. And Geelong seemed pretty comfortable. And I thought, here we go. Could it be the start of what could be a downfall after halftime? But credit where credit's due, they rallied. And it was dead level at halftime. And they actually hit the front for a moment in the third term. Mm. But I think Geelong, on the other hand, were never going to lose that game. It was more about the West Coast Eagles challenging him. I thought they had it under control. And it was just a matter of saying, let's just get the four points here. Let's make sure we've got some big games coming forward, Geelong. We pinch the four points and we go back and reset for round 15 onwards. And they often say round 15 is the start of the run home to the finals. This is now the most important period of the season. For the West Coast, it is too, because they need to maybe pick up some victories and get a bit of momentum heading into the end of the season and a bit of faith in what they've got. Well, and I also think there are players who will play for their careers. Some of them have been around the club for six, seven, eight seasons. And clearly the coach has to show if he's going to be the coach. He keeps saying it, Adam Simpson. Trevor Nisbet has said it. Russell Gibbs has said it. Board members are saying it behind the scenes that Adam Simpson is the man for the future. If that's the case, what does the rest of the season look like in terms of some experimenting, in terms of personnel, to play some different positions, for instance? And we've seen that with Elliot Yo. Does he continue mm. back there? You know, he do, was good. Do you continue to play Rhett Bazo? I think you have to. On yes. promise, he played on Jeremy Cameron. For gosh sake. And I didn't think he did a bad job. Cameron's mm. always dangerous and lurking. The kid, I think he probably squared him for the rest of the match. Then also there's the there's the Jake Waterman role as a defensive forward. Well, Jake Waterman can play other roles. Let's see him do a bit of rucking. Let's see if you can't go with two Ruckman, for instance, if you want to back up Ruckman to Nick Natanui as well as uh, 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 Jamison or even Williams, Play a, a Jake Waterman as a backup ruckman. Send Jack Darling to a halfback flank or a back pocket. Fiddle with the team, but more importantly, get the young personnel in there and see whether they can play into 2023 and 24 and 25. See what they offer, as well as the coach coming up with some tricks to make us think, well, I can see that they're doing some things for the future. One of them is going to be around the key defensive position. Jeremy McGovern now misses games. He'll miss several, I reckon, because if he's still in hospital, 
I believe he was still in the hospital this afternoon. Wow, that that's mm. not a, that's 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 potentially even some lung damage. So let's not guess though. It's a no. bad injury, but he'll be out for several weeks. You'd think. So Bazo plays. Get Josh Rotham back into the twenty-two. And I believe be, you played well in the waffle. Yeah, as a key defender. Get him back in. Let's find out if Josh Josh Rotham is going to stay at the club. Now Josh has been around for a while. I mean, he's twenty-four. He's played forty-one games. But he's been around for six seasons, five seasons. He only played four games in 219, 10 in 220, 19 games in 221, and this year just the eight games so far. This eight games so far this season for Josh Rotham is in three stints. So they have to start to, to show whether these guys can stay. Rotham's contracted for next year. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think he's got two more years. But some of these boys need to think, well, am I part of your future? Am I going to play in the 18 every week or be part of a seven-man defensive rotation or part of a seven-man forward rotation? Or do I need to look elsewhere, which could help them with their rebuild as well? If you're a contracted player, you'd have to go somewhere as part of a trade, wouldn't you? So I I think they're the sorts of things that we'll see out of West Coast. A lot of experimentation. We need to see players playing for their futures and coaches coaching now for the sake of what we're going to see into the future. I'll tell you what I saw on the weekend that I was I could see what the value of this player is. He's 29 years of age. He played a couple hundred games, I think, with GWS, Jeremy Cameron. Now, what I saw with Jeremy Cameron on the weekend, I thought, why can't maybe the likes of Jack Darling, who's a similar age, when the ball hit the ground, Cameron had the ability, and there was one classic example. He was pinned up against the boundary line on the far side, He's dropped the mark. He's regained possession. He's wielded onto the left boot, and he's hit a the old bullet pass to a player that was sitting probably thirty meters out from goal. Yeah, he, he was just nimble, and yeah. he had the ability with his left foot to be so deft to hit targets. Like he would have been involved. It's like a bullet to his. He, he would have been involved in two or three assists. Yeah. he wasn't just there to kick goals. He was there to create as well. And I thought. He was he was brilliant in that in that sort of uh, area, Jeremy Cameron. Look, you, why can't Jack Darling do it? He's not good enough. Yeah, and and I hark back to why Jack Darling, or the fact that he has been so heavily lauded in Western Australia for the last decade, he can't do a heck of a lot of things. He was he was their worst player on Saturday, and he went back to waving, kick the ball to me, kick the Standing ball to still. me, rather than not yeah. leading. But I also blame the lack of um, flexibility development with even a Jack Darling as, as now the example we're talking about. Yeah. Why hasn't he been made to develop those skills? Why hasn't he been used in different positions when he's been really deplorably poor in matches instead of just waiting and waiting and waiting for him to play, you know, as he so often does, 10 minutes of not bad footy? Uh, my answer to that question, Peter, he's not, as, he's not nearly as good or as nimble or as capable. He's not as versatile as Jeremy Cameron, but he hasn't been encouraged to be. Yeah. And perhaps because a lot of the time that he's been in the peak of his career, 2014, they didn't make the eight. 2015, they played in a grand final. He didn't have a good grand final. He didn't have a good grand final, Jack Darling. That's where he dropped that mark, wasn't it? 2000, that was, no, that was the 218. That was the winning grand final. Mm. That was the, and, and also a drop in the 215, I think, as well, yeah. Peter. Um, so the peak of his career hasn't been that heavy, that strong. He's had some poor years, but he's been around for a long time, and the coach has put up with it. And, and uh, you spoke about Geelong uh, on Thursday. And as I said, there was some – they were good. But well done to the West Coast Eagles. They were very good to get to and challenged along for some parts of that game. Uh, 0487 736 736. That's a temperate bedshed text line. 
And Lisa's given us a call on the Scarborough Toyota open line. 13 12 55. Come and join us. It's open. And Lisa's opening the batting. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Peter. Hi, Kim. Hello, Hope Lisa. you're both going well and had a good weekend. Thank you. Yep. Um, just quickly just quickly on Jerry McGovern, I've just heard not long ago that um, they've actually inserted a plate Ooh. into Jerry McGovern. So I don't think he will be playing at all this year. Mm. So that's a pl- so that so you're suggesting there uh, with no great medical expertise, unfortunately having experienced a bit of medical expertise <laughs> in the last year, fourteen months, um, that would suggest that uh, it's it is a break in a rib, and then a plate to help yeah, the I'd, healing. Yeah, I'd say so, Haggard. Uh, yeah, no, so thanks, I, I can't see Jerry McGovern, Jerry McGovern coming back in at all this year. And um, Haggis, I can remember years ago when when I used to listen to you with Bob Mormel and you mm-hmm. used to. Um, that was that was good radio. That was on Sunday mornings. <laughs> that was fabulous, wasn't it? That was excellent. Uh, and <laughs> all right, Lisa. And, um, and we've thrown her. And, we've thrown her. And you have, yeah, you have actually. <laughs> and you used to have a fair bit to say about Jack Darling back then, but Bob Mormon wouldn't have it. And here we are, years down the track, and you're on the on the same path. So, you know, I, I think you're right with Jack in a lot of ways. He doesn't sort of um, go above and beyond to, um, you know, sort of excel out, out on the field. But I think that's just Jack, and I don't think he's, he's going to change. So, nah. and, and, and just on the Eagles, too, I was very impressed with them on the weekend, and, and especially with young Rhett Bazo. I reckon, I reckon he, he kept his own on, on Jeremy Cameron mm. And, mm. Um, and, and Tommy. And um, also, too, I think we'll find that um, uh, Yoey will be on the halfback for the rest of the season. He did a fabulous job back there. Yeah. We well, might as well. The other Good thing, on thanks, you, Lisa. Lisa. Thanks for the call. And just in closing, and we've got, I, I want to talk about Fremantle, too, because again, I think Fremantle will beat Carlton this week. I, I'm convinced West Coast will be mm. an incident. I think. Where Carlton, are they playing? Are they playing that's at Marvel? Under the roof, yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah. And that, that kicks off Saturday. How's Saturday? Carlton and Fremantle, 11.45 our time. Yeah. Geelong and Richmond from the MCG at up us two hour time and then Sydney and St Kilda and both of the, both of them aren't they having some some staggers I thought mm. St Kilda were, were deplorable the other yeah. night it was 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 it was impossible to remind yourself that St Kilda could be in the top 4 if they won tonight they were terrible that that was just an unforgivable game and I thought I jotted down a few things that I wanted to talk about during the course of this weekend St Kilda cannot possibly be even considered seriously a top six contender. I think they'll slip out, probably even slip out of the eight, Peter. Wow. They, they make way for the likes of Collingwood and the Bulldogs. And heaven forbid, maybe even Port. I still think Port are one game yeah. too far back. Yeah, exactly. I was just saying they're two games out of the eight yeah. at the moment. And they've got some difficult ones to come. I, I don't think they're going to make that. Just, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they can make it up. But I, on St Kilda, before I forget, Callum Wilkie, Josh Battle, Dougal Howard. They're their three key defenders. How are they going to stop the big monsters at the front end of the premiership contenders? They're just not. So yeah. St Kilda, St Kilda are probably shot. And they've got a pretty tough run. I looked at it as well when I was thinking the other night. Just how, how bad is St Kilda going? Now, it's Sydney, Carlton, Fremantle, Bulldogs. They then play West Coast, but they might be shot by then. That's way. West Coast might get them. Hawthorne, Geelong, Brisbane, Sydney, they finish with. They're in all sorts of trouble, St Kilda. Yeah, they shouldn't have dropped that one. Uh, just before we go to the break, in fact, Graham, we'll quickly get your SMS here. Boys, it's time to move on from Josh Rotham. Already 24 years old, 
and has not shown enough. His decision-making with the ball is not AFL standard, and he gives away a free kick in every one-on-one contest. He is in, not just in the AFL, but for the Waffle Eagles too. Now, Graham, the only thing, and I said this a little while ago, when he first broke into the Eagles' side, I thought he was going to become quite a, a useful defender. He was pretty sure they picked him because he had a bit of height, uh, he certainly was, I thought, he hit targets with his football. But because he's been a yo-yo in recent times, I reckon he's second-guessing. He doesn't know whether he's in or whether he's out. His confidence is shot. And I just think that's contributed to what we've seen in recent times when he's come back and played for the Eagles. Couldn't agree more. And I thought when he went on the ground when Jeremy McGovern came off with the back trouble three weeks ago... He looked like a sub that just didn't want to get out there. And that was reasonably early enough to think, well, I can have a bit of a shot. He then ridiculously got flown to Adelaide when on the Friday afternoon, Jeremy McGovern said again, my back's crook. Why they ever took Jeremy McGovern to Adelaide is beyond yeah. me. And then they didn't even play. He wasn't even in the, in the sub. He didn't even play in the 23. He sat and watched the game. He should have been back in Perth playing for the Eagles reserves team. He's been poorly handled. But I think one way or another, they've got to find out. He's in contract for 224. Do you want him or not? Play him a few games or tell him now you're finished and start looking around. Yeah, and when you're regarding that, of And there's course, a few others. I think Jackson Nelson's another one. Yeah, he played his 100th game on the weekend. Yeah, and that might be his last. And the other thing is Patrick Dangerfield, perhaps if it was a real big game, would have come, but no, they no. decided to rest him to yeah. fresh him up for this week against Richmond. We'll take a break, Hags. Come and join us on the Temperate Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Great to have your company. It's 21 past People jump five. to the defence of Jack Darling all the time. All right, Hags, you've seen what's come through from Alex at North Lake. He said, Haggers, you're pretty harsh on Darling. He's good for an average of 45 goals a year. Bearing in mind he's a small centre-half forward. He's 192 centimetres. You need to look at the real non-performance, Petrocelli, Nelson, midfielders that only run away. That's uh, from Al. He calls himself Big Al. Yeah, Big Al. By the way, I walked into the game on Saturday Saturday, uh, with, it must have been Jack Darling's wife, Mm -hmm. had the two kids. They both had number 27 on the back. And I said, this is Jack Darling's two kids and (laughs) and his wife. And I'll say, I I hope they don't listen to haggers on (laughs) SEN because they won't be talking to me. Yeah, well, Al, all I'll say is that uh, you might be a first-time uh, having received my views on Jack Darling, it's been for a long, long time. I, I'm not a, I'm not nearly as big a rap for Jack Darling as the rest of the West Australian media and a lot of West Coast Eagles people are. He averages 11 possessions a game. Uh, he gets lauded as if he's a wonderful, great uh, key forward. I think he plays too much. He put like a small forward. You're right, he is a small for a centre-half forward. But he crumbs packs. He skirts the back. He gets the uh, ta-da, the goose over the top. He is far better than Petrocelli. And I have been... Uh, Big Al, quite a Petrocelli critic for a long time too because I think all he does is run fast and Jackson Nelson's played 100 games and he shouldn't play again. I thought he was really poor on Saturday. And while they're experimenting West Coast over the next, uh, what is it, nine weeks before the season finishes as they finish their season and perhaps even some players' careers and some coaches' careers and certainly 
the fitness and conditioning staff careers uh, Jack Darling should be thinking about as well. They'll think about trading Jack Darling, but no one else is interested mm. because a lot of other people look at Jack Darling as I do. Okay, let's have a look at uh, Jeremy McGovern. Uh, it has been confirmed what Lisa said, that he is going to go into surgery mm-hmm. uh, and a plate has been inserted. So uh, he is out for weeks and weeks Probably and season, weeks. Peter, you yeah. think. And, and you've got some news on Jeremy McGovern yeah. as well. So have a listen. This is sort of breaking news here on Drive. Look, Jeremy McGovern, and this is before even the weekend, I was, I was hearing about this late last week. So we were on Thursday and picked up some information on Friday and then into Saturday morning. Jeremy McGovern, as I understand it, has been offered a contract extension. Now he's contracted for next year. And he's probably the highest paid player at the Eagles. Oh, easily. One of the highest paid players in the in the competition. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's on $1.25 million a year because cool. he took that contract in 2018 after Fremantle had heavily courted Jeremy McGovern and had believed during most of 2018 before July when he announced I'm staying at West Coast for five more years. So his contract is through until the end of 2023 at that $1.25 million a year. My understanding is that uh, Jeremy McGovern has rejected that. He doesn't want to contract beyond 2023. So what does that mean? That he... That he may be looking at pulling the pin. Yes, it means that his body's banged up and perhaps he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. Mm -hmm. If we're not going to be contending, I don't want to be part of it. So 2023 is when he would be looking at finishing. Now, Jeremy's 30. He'd be 31 early into middle of next year and he would be approaching 200 games uh, if he played all of next year to be high 180s, 163 games now. So my understanding is he's rejected a request from West Coast. So let's give you a contract for 224-25 and let's announce it. So and he'd be one of the pillars, one of the experienced pillars to help with the uh, rebuild. And if, and if West Coast, and I believe they can rebound pretty quickly, I look at what they did in 2010. I won't tell you everyone through it now. It's, it's quite detailed. Mm. At the end of 2010, they'd won four games and they finished last. Mm-hmm. They didn't change their list much. They just got a few recruits in, Darling and Gaff as the main two, McGovern. McGovern didn't play for a couple of seasons. But they bounced straight back in, back up into the top four. It was the biggest climb from a bottom part of a ladder, from 16th to 4th, biggest climb in VFL, AFL history, or any other Aussie rules competition of elite level around the country in history, they can bounce back very quickly. They need some of these people to stay there. And McGovern's knocked back, as I understand it, an offer of an extension beyond 2023 because he's not sure he wants to be part of it. But part of it is because, Peter, his body gets banged up. And he's sure, he's thinking to himself, do I really want to play for another two, three years or do I then become... Because I know he's very close and he he treasures his family time. And reportedly outside football, he's got a couple of very uh, significant business interests as well. He's got a terrific business. His electrical business is flying. It's, it's, uh, It's another reason why apparently he's thinking about... You know, I need to be healthy to run this business for the yeah. rest of my life. So that, that that's going to be a developing story as this season uh, concludes. But now if, if Jeremy misses the rest of the season, it's perhaps even a bigger story. Yeah, okay. So that's uh, where West Coast is at. Let's look at Fremantle uh, because they've got a significant game. They've had the bye. Uh, Josh Tracy, by the way, just some news, injured himself in the yeah, uh, game. Opening minutes of yeah, that Peel in, game, Peel in Thunder. The Peel East Perth game. So he's on the injured list. But looking at Fremantle... Primarily, they're fairly healthy with the exception of a couple of their name players that are out for extended periods of time. This is a significant game against Carlton. Their last out in Carlton was in that match against Richmond. And many may be 
put the grey clouds over Carlton to see exactly what sort of second half of the season they're going to have. And you've come out early suggesting that Fremantle can beat them at the weekend. Well, I think one thing for sure is Carlton's defence is just decimated for, for decent players. I, I don't think Carlton are going to have enough players to even handle Log and Lobe, Logan and Lob. Uh, I, I don't expect Tabner to play. I just reading between the lines. I mean, there was a bit of talk about like, Tabs is back and this sort of stuff. Twelve possessions mm. for Peel, three goals, and they won by sixty odd points. You would have thought if he's really going to burst a game open to say he's ready. I, I think Tabner will will be an issue this week. Twelve possessions, eight marks, three, two, four contested marks. Is that enough? Probably if they want him to play, but I'm not so sure he'd be required. I think Fremantle still looks very strong at the front end with Logue and Lobb and with the the, the injuries that Carlton's defenders have Defender, suffered, yeah. they will struggle to hold. Weedering's a big blow to them. He's a huge blow. They'll struggle to hold those two. It's Monday night, AFL God. review night. What are you... Pretty quick, aren't uh, they? Hang on. All right, Haggis, let's considering go Considering large ladder climbs. Yeah, well, let's, let's... Paul has said, considering large ladder climbs, Haggis. <sighs> Gee whiz, he gets, he gets feisty during the breaks, don't you? West Coast, 16 <laughs> to 4. Yeah. What about Richmond, 13 to Premiers, and Bulldogs, 13 to Premiers? Yeah, well, Richmond in 2016 finished 13th. Yep. They climbed to third mm-hmm. and then went on to win the Premiership. Okay. Bulldogs. So that's 10 spots they've climbed. Yeah. The Bulldogs climbed from 13th to 7th. And then West Coast handed them a first week final. <laughs> was the, remember it was the first time they had the yeah. bye? Yeah. And West Coast picked just a terrible team, played deploringly, were poorly coached, and the Bulldogs got them from 7th. So, no, I'm sticking with mine. I reckon from 16th to 4th is 12 spots, and they just do the two teams that went on to win premiership. Okay, so... But there is bigger significance in that because how West Coast handled John Worsfold as coach and Peter Sumich as the senior assistants at the end of 2010, last chance, gas boys, if you weren't who you are, Worsfold and Sumich, you'd both be sacked right now. You've got one more year. Get it right. So then they embarked on a... But they didn't change the list by much. That's my big point. And I don't reckon West Coast, they will change their list a lot. But so, Paul, no, I stick with uh, that still being a big All jump. Right, so I'm going to throw this out, actually, uh, for people listening in to the Drive program uh, with Peter Vlahos here on SEM, with Haggers, of course, our AFL expert on a Monday night. Who do you forecast could be, and this is could be, this is pie-in-the-sky stuff, as the big climber this year? Could it be Fremantle from 11th last year to being Premiers? Is it a maybe well, you a think Colling- a climb even to win the Premier? To win it, to oh, get okay. there. okay. To get there, maybe to number one. is a, It's a, an open competition Well, now, that's, that's why. Sure. That's why I'm I mean, throwing even, it. That's even, why I'm throwing it out. Could Freo go from 11 to 1? Collingwood, where'd they finish last year? They were season? second last Yeah, year. well, they'll have a big climb. So let, maybe let's look at the climb. Let's look at the climb. But I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Uh, 0487 736 736. Which club do you think will have the biggest climb? Maybe count out if you want, maybe winning the premiership, but the biggest climb, because I think Collingwood potentially could have a, a serious climb this year under new coach Craig McRae. Had a pretty good run from here too, Yeah. Colin. All right, let's go to the other one. Uh, uh, Robbo. Hey, Robbo, listening on the SENWA app there in Brizzy. Uh, g'day, Pete and Haggers. Great show again, boys. Thanks, uh, Robbo. Adam Simpson is once again leading the West Coast members and supporters down the garden path. He again played all the old blokes in the seasons, in the seniors at the expense of any youth development. 
Um, well, I touched last Thursday on the selection of Bazo, and I, I think I said, Peter, that I thought this was a bit of an attempt to disguise the fact that you brought back all the old blokes. You know, Kennedy and Hearn at 34, Shuey at 32, Redden 31, Darling 30, McGovern 30, Gaff 30, Cripps 30, eight 30-plus-year-olds. And they, and they brought back the likes of, you know, like last week it was Yo and McGovern coming back into the tide. Uh, and I thought it was just a bit of a token gesture to play Bazo. Terrific call. The kid needs to now stay in the team, but there should have been. I'm, I'm with Robbo on that. There should have been one or two other younger players in that at the expense of some of the older blokes that just keep the getting The older blokes you're referring to, maybe Jackson Nelson. Jackson as one. Yeah, he was. It was his hundredth game. I get the impression there was a bit of a. Was there an any advantage bringing Petrocelli back? Well, he on played, Saturday. Well, again, I think they're trying to prove that, that he can play. And are they giving just, him one last chance what, to see whether they can uh, confidently keep him on the list or drop him off at the end? I of think the they year? have to test them. Yes, yeah. and and it's they're going to have to test them, or even either through the reserves team. And make them play as opposed to, you know, the garbage about managed minutes. Mm. Petrocelli playing as a midfielder. Rioli playing as a midfielder on managed minutes. If they're in the reserves, make them earn their spot by playing well in the dags and say, <laughs> gee, he's got a, he's got his call up because he's been in brilliant form in the reserves. Not because, oh, he had managed minutes so he's playing in the seniors this week. Because they're underdone. I thought that was one of the reasons West Coast, I, I agree with you, Peter. Geelong were always going to win that game. I felt. They're just too good. They're a very professional unit. But West Coast did tire because some of their important players do not have match fitness. Okay. Let's have a look at the big game on Thursday. It launches a, a very exciting round 15 in the AFL. It is Melbourne and Brisbane. And Simon Goodwin, of course, a coach of Melbourne, has uh, come out saying we won't be changing too much. Uh, we're back to the way we want to play. Have a listen to Simon Goodwin. Of course, Stephen May returns this week. No, not really. No, um, we're pretty clear on the way that we want to play. Um, yeah, we've lost three games in the row, but we do know our method stacks up and it has stacked up for a period of time. There's things that we can do within our game to, to change the way that looks and um, and make sure we're a little bit more efficient in the way we play. But we need to get back to being really strong in our foundations of our game. And, um, you know, the role execution has been off in the last few weeks. So building some cohesion with our playing group again and, and getting the players back into their, their key positions will be really important for us. And, um, you know, I don't believe that we're a boring side. I think we've certainly got growth in a lot of areas to get better at, but um, we play a certain way and we're pretty, we'll, we'll back that in. Okay, so there you go. That's uh, Simon Goodwin. Slavin May's back. We're going to back uh, our system and what we've certainly produced in the opening 10 weeks and even though we've dropped the last three. Clearly, um, Melbourne have had a chance to reassess. I mean, they, they got beaten Monday a week ago, Pete, mm. like Collingwood. There were quite a few perhaps surprised at that. They thought that Melbourne could bounce back after two losses. But some of the statistics that they would have reassessed was that I think the main one was where Melbourne have been such a powerful team with the contested and congestion ball-winning areas, and they got beaten uh, 140, 132 to 144 by Collingwood in that. And they conceded 46 points from their defensive half, which was their worst result of the year. Now, they're poor contested possession uh, tally for that match was their worst uh, contested possession game for two years. So th th that in itself is a starting point for Melbourne. I also think, Peter, and if and Simon Goodwin sounds very confident there, clearly because Stephen May is back. I think he is so important to them. 
losing Max Gorn is massive because I think he's just their most oh, influential yeah. player. Mm. But the man who can play such a critical role and help Melbourne into a winning position and prevent opposition sides getting runs on against them is the likes of Stephen May. But uh, I would like to suggest that uh, Stephen May would have to play some pretty damn good footy uh, over the next several weeks because he owes Melbourne a heck of a lot. There's just there's some Im- in amazing stuff coming out more about that fight okay. and what actually really took place. Mm. It, it's it's an embittering sort of uh, an occasion. So I don't know how the players are going to handle it, but he can he'll have to be important, particularly to Brisbane because the way Brisbane play with their, they play their spare ruckman at the front end. You know Danaher and Hipwood getting better, and I, I just I sense that uh, it's going to be a belter. But they sound confident, probably even because Stephen May's coming back. Okay, let's look uh, at the other story regarding the West Australia. Now, Peter Sumich uh, got this out in the media on another radio station late last week regarding Luke Jackson, regardless of what you've read. Now, Peter Sumich threw it out that Fremantle are making a serious effort. He was talking about a $10 million deal over seven years was one figure that was uh, thrown out there. And, of course, it's uh, continued over the last few days, and now Melbourne media are jumping on it as well to see exactly where it's going. But the, the general consensus is... That he might stay at Melbourne. Well, he, and he should stay at Melbourne. Should stay at Melbourne. Yeah. He's only played three seasons, Luke yeah. Jackson. We're not talking about so Polly, only... Polly Farmer at the end of his career at Geelong yeah. to come back to West Perth or East Perth. Yeah. We're talking about a 20-year-old boy who's played 42 games. And for the next five or six weeks, while Max Gorn is out, becomes one of their most important players because he'll lead their ruck. I think one of Melbourne's problems and why I've got them faltering, I mean, you and I will debate... We won't have much time on Thursday no. because the game starts at about 20 past five. And it's just going to be an absolute belter of a game is Melbourne and Brisbane on Thursday evening. Uh, they, they just don't ha- seem to have, Melbourne, any degree of backup to Luke Jackson. There's no spare Ruckman. They'll have to go with a Ben Brown, for instance. You know, And has, hasn't his form been deplorable mm, in the last four or five weeks? He's fallen off the place. He's another yeah. reason. But people like... People like Langdon and Fritch, I think the, oppos- uh, the opposition have worked them out. They're being tagged in onto. I mean, you don't give uh, Fritch much room. He's being watched like an old-fashioned, you know, Kenny Deard's back pocket player. <laughs> or Bill, Kenny Bill Skarowski, back pocket player with Swan Districts, just tag on you know, like a barnacle and just lock down onto their small forward. Fritch is being tagged. Langdon's being tagged. And p- clearly people like Petrarca, have been drinking their own bathwater. They've yeah. been believing their publicity and they've been way down on their best. Yeah, but After that, the bye... I reckon this is where they could come back. Yeah. Petrarca, Oliver, Viney, mate, you just, they're classy players. Yeah. And, and I reckon... Brayshaw, Brayshaw, yeah. But even Brayshaw has that loose half-back, getting a lot of uncontested intercept possessions. Sides aren't worrying about him mm. because they're closing down in front. So when, when Andrew, Angus Brayshaw wants to dispose of the footy from half-back and he's been getting a lot of it and a lot of praises for it, oh, it's working, it's a brilliant move. Well, it's not creating, it's not creating such forward thrust that Melbourne are scoring from it. The, the ball's bouncing back onto him all the time. So saying that, let's go back to Luke Jackson. Yep. Certainly Frio are leading the charge in relation to trying to secure him, OK? Well, uh, West, I don't think West Coast... We, I keep can, hearing West can Coast... Can West Coast afford him? I don't think so. Yeah. However, not at $10 million for six seasons. You said seven has been I think I said band. seven, yeah. yeah. No, 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 but I, I think the, 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 the amount of time is varied because everyone's getting a different part of the story. And, mm. and that happens at this t- In every footy season, everyone thinks their story is the story. So someone would have said it's $10 million over seven years. I heard today it's $10 million over six, mm-hmm. which my, my sums are $1.6 million a year. Really? So I don't think West Coast could afford that. And I don't think West Coast... Not uh, many clubs could. 
Oh, I think if if you were even slightly remotely close to it, Luke Jackson at the age of 21 next season, he's 20 and he's played 42 games. If there's anything sincere in this, do what you can to get him. Fremantle should have could have perhaps done more to try and get him, you know, three years ago. They got uh, Young, they got Sarong, they got Liam Hendry at seven, eight, and nine in the draft. Jackson went at three. If you'd given up one or two of those picks, could you have gotten to three? We'll never know. No. But if you could get him now, I'd pay anything because this kid could be an absolute superstar, I reckon, Luke Jackson. Yeah. We're going to take a break, come back with more in a moment. Uh, come and join us uh, on the Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736. The Scarborough Toyota open line is 13 12 55. It's coming up 14 to 6. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Great job, your company. We're talking about Luke Jackson here at the moment. Uh, Simon Clement says, but where does Luke Jackson play? <laughs> <laughs> hey, good on you, Simon. Well, Simon, well, it's a good question because I think Sean Darcy, another issue, and I've got it here, and it looks like we'll have to leave it till later in the week, Peter, but I think Sean Darcy now with Max Gorn out of action, he becomes the number one candidate to be all Australian ruckman. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm not saying Max Gorn's gone and the season he's had so far, if he comes back and plays the last five or six games of the season, or four or five, then he probably still is an All-Australian. But Sean Darcy could bounce up now to be even, you know, the lead ruckman in the in the All-Australian team for 2022. That's the sort of season he's had. But if you had Sean Darcy leading your ruck and Luke Jackson as full forward, forward pocket instead of Rory Lobb, or Griffin Logue, or Matt Taberner, I think it's got a bit more of a dangerous look about it, Fremantle's forward line, and their ruck battery, their backup ruck battery, because Darcy can go forward and mm. take catches, or he can go to the bench. I also think to get Luke Jackson the $1.6 million a year, so a 10-year deal for six years, some are saying seven seasons, Rory Lobb, David Mundy, Connor Blakely, Griffin Logue could all go at the end of this season. You'd have almost $2 million cleared up in your salary cap there. Rory Lobb's on $800,000 a year. Mm. And that's the main reason why GWS wouldn't touch him last year. They said, well, we're not paying any part of that. Fremantle said, oh, I'll take half and we'll pay half. Not a, not in, not a, ho- not a hope in hell. Yeah. So Mundy probably on five hundred to six hundred thousand. Yeah, Blakely's a four hundred thousand, three fifty to four hundred thousand player. And he's playing with Peel, so yeah. you might as well free him. And he's had a contract this year. Griffin Logue also had a contract. He wants far more than three or four hundred thousand dollars. So you're clearing up a lot of money straight away. Nathan Wilson, Sam Sturt, there are other players. So that- saying that, Luke Jackson would look at the financial aspect and it'd be very, very attractive. You can't turn your nose at one point six. But saying that, in relation to his football development, yeah. where would he be better served? Like Simon says, where would you play him? Has he got more upside staying at Melbourne and being part of a successful Melbourne team and maintaining them and, of course, getting more of a senior role as he goes on? It'll be the same as at Fremantle for mine. He's 20. Peter, he plays next year at 21. So wherever he is at Melbourne next year or Fremantle. And I don't think West Coast could afford him, mm. but West Coast could get him far easier than anyone else because if West Coast finish last or second last, they can have – he could sit out of, of trading and just go to, to West Coast through that pre-season draft. 
on $1.5, $1.6 million a year. If Jeremy McGovern has said to West Coast, look, I'm not going on beyond 2023. Mm. I'll play the 23 season. I'm hurt. My body's knackered. I don't want to carry injuries for the rest of my life. I've got my business and my family life to be most uh, higher prioritised. There's the money straight away that can be pushed in amongst a back-ended contract for Luke Jackson. Absolutely, you do what you could get to get him. I'm with you. I think he'd stay at Melbourne okay. for at least another couple of seasons. We've got a couple of minutes remaining. Uh, we've had a busy time. Jordan Dugowie, absent from Collingwood's headquarters uh, today, has been labelled unrecruitable following his trip to Bali during the week's uh, bye week. And uh, that's an interesting story. And the other one, of course... Uh, what do you is, think of that? Yeah, I reckon... Yeah, I reckon at the moment he's a bit unpredictable. He's a bit scatterbrainish. I, but in the end, Collingwood are at fault. Why did they let him go? Well, because he wanted. He was on his own time. So he's I got four days more, off. There was a lot more made of that than probably should have been. Yeah. It shouldn't have gone on social media. That's a silly thing. That's the silliest thing Jordan to go. He's done. Surely he's allowed to party. And he's got four days off. Yeah, as long as he returns. I think given where, his history, he left. but I think everyone's jumping on this because. It's Collingwood. It's Dugowie. It's very. It's a very easy target. Okay. As in terms of recruitable, oh my God! If he's on the market, go and get him. But he wouldn't. But put it. Put in place a strategy, and and processes around him to control him. Okay. And the other one is uh, we feel sorry. Uh, Will Powell season's oh, over. Yeah. The boy from Claremont. That was an awful injury, wasn't it? Broken uh, leg. He's broken been, leg he's, and ankle. Yeah, he's been good, hasn't he? Since yeah, he's been very drafted, good. very consistent. He's given his heart and soul to the Gold Coast. So where are the Suns before we say goodbye? Well, the Gold Coast Suns are in position to have their best ever season. Not so sure that they will. I think uh, the Gold Coast Suns will win one or two more, lose a lot more. Uh, but it's it's probably going to be their best. The best season was 10 wins and 12 losses. They've already got seven. They'll have their best ever season, so therefore they're in a position where they should extend Stuart Jew, but not for quite some time. Let's wait and see how their season finishes. Mm. And the other question we'll talk about on Thursday is the future of GWS. Only 6,000 at their game on the weekend. People are not turning up and the side's not performing well. The club's in a bit of hurt at this point in time. Haggis, thanks for your you, time tonight. Thanks, Bray and Ethan, who have been our producers today. Good on you, fellas. I'll catch you tomorrow from five here on SENWA.